Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Defense capability buildup is key component of PH statecraft. First word. Dennis Ross, in his Statecraft and How to Restore America's Standing in the World, Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux, New York, 2008, describes statecraft as knowing how best to integrate and use every asset or military, diplomatic, intelligence, public, economic or psychological tool a state possesses, or can manipulate, to meet its foreign policy objectives. Statecraft, he added, requires good judgment in the definition of one's interest and a recognition of how to exercise hard military power or soft economic power to provide security and promote the well-being of one's citizens. Statecraft involves developing aims and strategies that fit both the context and the means available. Bad statecraft creates mismatches between means and ends. It also misreads what policies are likely to be sustainable. Vietnam was a classic example of failure in U.S. statecraft in nearly every measure. Contemporary political science denotes as economic statecraft the use of economic tools by a state to achieve its foreign policy goals. Similarly, political scientists term military or security statecraft the use of military tools and assets in diplomacy. Authors Gordon Craig and Alexander George examine how military force can be used effectively to accomplish different types of foreign policy objectives in their book, Force and Statecraft, Diplomatic Problems of Our Time, Oxford University Press, 1995. PH Defense Diplomacy, The Diplomat, the Indo-Pacific Current Affairs Online magazine, published an article on Philippine defense planning and modernization entitled More Purpose, Fewer Platitudes, The Philippines' Defense Diplomacy under Marcos by Justin Bequisel, August 11, 2023. It is by far the most positive report in international media on the Philippines' defense capability buildup under the Marcos Jr. administration. I reproduce here some significant passages from the article. Last week's water cannon incident underscores the hard limits of engagement with China, and the need for the Philippines to build up its military capability. Philippine defense diplomacy has been under such immense turbulence lately that it's easy to lose sight of the strategic picture given the flurry of developments. In February, President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. expanded the United States basing access under the Enhanced Defense Cooperation Agreement, EDCA. China has not been shy about its threats against EDCA, while Defense Secretary Gilberto Teodoro Jr. spoke from an EDCA site about how it's nobody's business to question the Philippines' defense cooperation policies. A few days after Teodoro's comments, the China Coast Guard, CCG, water cannoned a Philippine ship near 2nd Thomas Shoal in the Spratly Islands, sparking an ongoing diplomatic row that will most certainly not be the last. For this reason, it's appropriate to take stock of broader, structural issues facing Philippine defense diplomacy. Kinks of defense policy. One major problem in defense policy debates in the Philippines is that commentaries are usually opaque about the national security objectives that they advance. The oft-heard advice of continued dialogue with China and balancing between the US and China are methods, not goals. Security analysts rarely confront ways, means and strategic ends. Diplomatic discussion is so elementary to any foreign policy that one wonders, what else is being prescribed other than to keep talking? Similarly, Arguments merely cheerleading cooperation with the United States are unhelpful in working out the kinks of defense policy. First, any talk of defense diplomacy has to be anchored on the military's International Defense and Security Engagement, IDSE, plans. 
Second, any China strategy has to advance the multi-year capability plans of the Department of National Defense. No substitute for capability planning. For years, proponents of the talk with China First Camp have left unanswered the question of what operational level augmentation and concrete capabilities they recommend to influence, deter and, if need be, defend against sovereign incursions. From a military planning perspective, the Philippines, regardless of the state of its relations with Beijing, must build up its surface fleet, improve its intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance, ISR, capacities, and inevitably construct more military facilities in strategic border areas and adjacent to vital sea lines of communication. This is a basic tenet of capabilities-based planning. Calibrated militarization, or more simply, capability buildup, is part of the Philippines' defense strategy. Despite his bizarrely pro-China rhetoric, former President Rodrigo Duterte engaged in a military construction spree, that included the Pag-Asa Island Communication Tower, various installations in the Kalyan Island Group, and desalination systems in Kota, Panata and Batanas in the western and northern approaches, as well as various various littoral monitoring stations and air radars prioritizing the Luzon area of operations. His acquisitions under the Revised Armed Forces of the Philippines, AFP, modernization program were also substantial. With EDCA, military modernization under Marcos continues and is being expedited with U.S. help. After all, defense budgeting is a cost driver in the national budget. With the Philippine economy slowly recovering after the COVID-19 pandemic, guns versus butter trade-offs are more palpable and the public coffers could benefit from U.S. assistance. Critics of EDCA worry about new sites in Cagayan and Isabela, which are close to Taiwan, but conveniently forget that the country's northern approaches from the Bashi Channel require military fortifications. So the question, then, is not why there are EDCA sites in northern Luzon, but rather why military real estate in the area is only now being reinforced with rehabilitated runways, billeting facilities and piers. The proximity of the bases to Taiwan, from a defense planning perspective, is a geographic accident that China has to live with, because it is inevitable that the Philippines will reinforce that area. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Living with China's militarization of SCS. For its own part, the Philippines has had to live these past few years with China's militarization of mischief, Subi and Fiery Cross Reefs in the South China Sea, which host missile arsenals and aircraft fleets that are capable of striking Manila and naval bases in Cavite. But herein lies the rub, Duterte recently disclosed that Chinese Ambassador Huang Xilian has openly threatened that the Philippines could become China's target if it harbors bases where there can be an aggression to China. From a capability standpoint, this warning is significant because it betrays China's strategic imaginary, which sees the Philippines as a quasi-buffer state. Presently, 
The Philippine Marine Corps is eyeing vital locations in Lubang Island in Occidental Mindoro facing Scarborough Shoal and in Kalayan Island south of Taiwan for its new coastal defense regiments, which are acquiring BrahMos missiles. From a capability standpoint, it is only a matter of time until ranged fires will be prepositioned along Philippine border areas. No country will cede the sovereign right to fortify its territory. As Defense Secretary Teodoro has stated, it is for this reason that the Philippines does not question or whine about the capability buildup by China's People's Liberation Army, PLA, which includes a rapidly growing nuclear arsenal. China is essentially demanding an effective veto over whom the Philippines can partner with and its native defense acquisitions and actions. Such undertones of Philippine buffer statification thus threaten the Philippines' independent foreign policy. Appropriate rules of engagement vis-à-vis China and contested waters are still up for debate, but basing projects on inland Philippine territory should be sacrosanct. Much as proponents would deny it, calls to refrain from militarizing the Philippines are premised on the idea of self-limiting defenses along strategic border areas out of fear of China's reaction. This, of course, entails accepting perimeter vulnerabilities, i.e., leaving borders weak by design or entirely defenseless. Defense cooperation and its constraints. China has also repeatedly portrayed Philippine security partnerships as reflections of colonial vassalage. This mischaracterizes the IDES plans of the Department of National Defense and AFP. The medium-term IDES framework until 2028 prioritizes partnerships based on whether a partner country contributes to Philippine capability development, augments operational forces, and improves the global and regional security posture. The United States, Japan, and Australia are the most robust security partners of the Philippines because these countries provide military equipment, rotational forces, schooling and training, and defense financing that tick all three IDES boxes, whereas other security partners do not. The U.S. in particular plays the role of an offshore balancer. It is a stronger, faraway country that the Philippines invites to even out the balance of forces against China. So, why is the Philippines not pursuing such a defense partnership with China? The Philippines has repeatedly pledged to deepen cooperation with non-traditional partners, but these states are uninterested in expending significant resources. China, despite its economic weight, has only provided low-level gratis military aid for counterterrorism and disaster response. That China has never done so indicates the obvious, it is not interested in helping the AFP enact the latter's long-term goal of making the Philippine archipelago an effective anti-access, area denial platform as an asymmetric capability program against larger powers. This does not mean that the PLA and the AFP should never engage in military-to-military diplomacy. But even if officials between the Philippines and China miraculously resolve diplomatic tensions, the Philippines' core national interest remains, to prevent China's outright domination of its adjacent waters and ensure free and open navigation for commercial shipping. PH Defense Posture The Diplomat article concluded. China-Philippines military tensions are here to stay and cannot be wished away. Frankly, the Philippines will never get back its territory claimed by China unless by some deus ex machina. It can, however, beef up its deterrent posture and minimize its strategic vulnerabilities. That means more bases and defense procurements reminiscent of Taiwan's porcupine strategy. China's challenge is not that the U.S. is returning to the Philippines in force, it is that the Philippines' defense posture will only become more muscular in the coming years. Ultimately, the Philippines needs to be less apologetic about its core national security interests. Defense diplomacy needs to advance this agenda, in complement with its allies and partners if possible, independently if necessary. Yen Observer at gmail.com